welcome to Epiphany Fellowships Podcast, where our goal is to see people everywhere show off the glory of Christ in every area of life. We pray that you are blessed and encouraged by today's message and will allow the Word of God to dwell in you richly. There is no darkness that's too dark for His great light to shine in. So if you're in a dark place today, if you're in a dark place today, God, listen, he can, he, can, he can bring you out of that darkness through faith in Jesus Christ. And that's why we believe in a philosophy of the gospel called Christus Victor. Somebody say Christus Victor. It means Christ our victory. And he was already, vic- you don't have to win any battles. He already did it for you. <laughs> he already did it for you. So you ain't even got to, listen, he already won it. You, he's, he's a good fighter. Amen. Somebody say amen. Well, Let's uh, get our hearts and minds ready. Let's turn over. Uh, we're still in our Breaking Barriers series, although we are in uh, our Vision Sunday. We will be um, in John chapter 21, verses 1 through 6. 1 through 6. John 21, verses 1 through 6. You know what we do. 1, 2, 3, read. Amen. Amen. Today, as we get in our series today, we will be talking about breaking all barriers. We'll be working on our vision Sunday this Sunday. Father, thank you for your mercy and your grace that knows no end. And Lord God, I'm praying today that um, we are being called to see more clearly and to live more committed. And so, God, but that comes first from trusting uh, with uh, just a deep, conscious trust of you. So, God, as you lead us into this year and you renew our strength, God, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight, oh, God, our strength and our Redeemer in whom we trust. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Everybody agree that's it? You may be seated. You may be seated in his presence, breaking all barriers. How many of y'all looking for God to break some barriers this year? Mm Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. And so that's our theme this year, breaking barriers. And we can't break any barriers without the grace and strength of the Lord. But in order to break barriers, you have to know what's on the other side of it in the sense of vision uh, so that we can have a vision that is rooted in hope. Somebody say hope. Hope. If you don't know, hope is uh, the expectation of a a renewed future. Uh, expectation of a renewed future. Hope is also a, 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 a visual picture 
of what hasn't happened yet, but having the vision of that reality before it ever happens. That's what hope is. You, you can't even have faith without hope. That's what the Bible says. We've said it before. Uh, the, the Bible says faith is the substance of things what? Hope for. So without hope, you can't even have faith because hope is the ingredient that allows you to see what's not yet happened. And faith with hope allows you to put your confidence in the reality, not what's going to happen, but the God who can make it happen. So, so, so in your life, you put your confidence in the God who can make it happen. That's, that's very, very, very important for us as we look at what we're hoping for for this year. And so uh, I, I, in this text today, um, we see something interesting. And I believe God has us in an interesting season as you watch us and see us as we work through um, what we're dealing with um, in this season of our ministry. He says, after this. Jesus revealed himself again to the disciples by the Sea of Tiberias. He revealed himself in this way, Simon Peter, Thomas, called twin. That's funny, they even called people twin back then. It's kind of cool, stuff in the Bible, in my bad. Nathaniel from Cana of Galilee, Zebedee's sons, and two others of his disciples were together. And so he said, I'm going fishing. Peter, like, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of off, you know, I don't know what's happening with this Jesus thing. I'm going back to my business, right? I don't know if y'all ever got in a situation where you was like, you felt like Jesus let you down, and you was like, I'm going back to what I was doing. Now, what he's doing is not necessarily wrong, but it was what Christ had called him away from to do what he had called him to do. And so what he's saying he's going to do is I'm going to go back to what I was doing before I met Christ. Oh, Lord, that's a tough place to be in. I'm going to go back to doing what I was doing. I know nobody in here ever felt like that. I know everybody in here been filled with the Holy Ghost from the womb, you know, um, prophesying and speaking in tongues from birth. You, were, you didn't say Google Gaga. You was prophesying with a pacifier in your mouth. But, but, but some of us have gone through some seasons in our walk where God let us down. And, and in him letting us down, we was like, we're going to go back to doing what we were doing. But one of the things I like about God is if he's called you, he won't let you be comfortable going back to you doing what you was doing. Oh, help me today. And so look at, look at what the text says. I, I love this. It says, we're coming with you. Sometimes you even get some other people to walk away from Jesus with you. Look, this is just in the text. We gone, y'all. It said, how you know we're walking away from Jesus? Because this is what they was doing before this. Then it said, they went out and got into the boat. But that night, they caught nothing. <laughs> it's funny. You walk away from Jesus thinking you upgrading. But they caught not one thing. Let me tell you something. Jesus will let you walk away and make it unsuccessful. Oh, help me today. God, 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 God loves you to feel the lack of success in what it looks like not to walk with him. But what's interesting is he does it with purpose. Look at what the text says. It says, when day break came, Jesus stood on the shore. Well, know what I like about this text? Is they walked away from Jesus, but Jesus walked towards them. He walks towards them. And look what I like. He's standing there watching them in their walked away from him ness. He says, but the disciples did not know it was him. It's hard to recognize Jesus when you walk away from him. 
Anyway, he says, friends. Now, you got to understand, he's all from the shore. I've stood by this sea before when I was over there. So the, he had to yell this out there where they were in the water. He says, Jesus called to them, you don't have any fish, do you? <laughs> the Bible kind of, if you read the Bible, it's comedy at times. He like, it ain't working out, is it? You know, they don't even know it's Jesus. He, he, you know, they just think it's a casual question. They said, nah. Eric Mason translation. They answered. He said, cast the net on the right side of the boat. He told them, you'll find some. They said, hold on, hold on. We've been here all this time. This dude just come to shore thinking, he go, I do this for, I do this. I am a fisherman. I've been doing this as from a kid. But he said, all right. He said, so they did. Maybe he sees something we don't. Way from shore. And they were unable to haul it in because of the large number of fish. The disciple, the one who Jesus loved, said to Peter, it is the Lord. Now, how did he know it was the Lord? Turn over in your Bibles to John, uh, to, to, to Luke chapter 5. In Luke chapter 5, it's interesting. It says in verse 1, it says, As the crowd was pressing in on Jesus to hear God's word, he was standing, listen, he was standing by uh, uh, the lake. Uh, he saw two boats at the edge of the lake. The fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. He got into one of their boats, which belonged to Simon. Uh, and asked him to put out a little from the land. Then he sat down and was teaching the crowds. When he had finished speaking, he said to him, put out into deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Now, now, now this is interesting. He, he, he didn't just say, he didn't just say put it in the water. He says, I want you to put it in deep water. Oh, ain't nobody going to talk back. Verse 5. He said, Master, Simon Peter said, we've worked hard all night long and caught nothing. But if you say so, I'll let down the nets. And he says, when they did this, they caught a great number of fish and their nets began to tear. In other words, Jesus had told them before to do this. And so they said, this reminds us of the first time this happened when Jesus told us, when he called us to walk with him. What am I saying here? Is they have thrown their nets in this side of the water for some long periods of time and caught nothing. Or they've caught stuff before, but they're no longer catching on that side anymore. So in other words, Jesus says, you got to switch locations where you're fishing at. Stay with me. Because you, 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 you've done all you could on this side. But I want you to put your nets on the other side. But not only do I want you to put your nets on this side, I want you to go deeper. And, and, and the only way you're going to catch anything is if you go deeper and you go to the side that I told you to go to. Wish I had some help today. I, 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 I'm going to go to the apostolic church down the street. But, 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 but he tells them to go deeper. Why? Because Jesus told them that you're fishing on the wrong side. Let me tell you all something. God is taking us into another season as a church. We have been fishing on this side of the water. We've done good fishing for a while on this side of the water, but God is saying, got to take your nets on this side. 
And, and, and where I'm going to have you fishing is going to be deeper than you've ever been before. I'm by myself because I want to see some people reached. I don't know about y'all, but I want to see some people reached. And God is saying, I, 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 Epiphany Fellowship, I'm helping you cast your nets deeper. And you, you, you fished, you fished, and I'm, I'm going to walk through this in this presentation, but you have fished as a community church, but you're going to have to fish as a regional church. He said, I haven't just called you. He said, the neighborhood's transient. We're going to see the numbers in a second. The neighborhood's very transient. So to catch here consistently is going to be difficult because people don't stay over six months to a year. He said, I want you to stay here and not forget about here, but you got to widen your net to a deeper spot. Oh, I'm by myself. And so as we walk through this presentation and we see what the Lord is up to, we see, and I've taken some of you through this before, but when we first planted the church, um, we, we assessed who was in the neighborhood. And as we assessed through who was in the neighborhood, make sure it's up on the, big, the other screens too, y'all, because um, it's only showing up behind me. And so this was the generational icons, the, the civil rights generation here. And so what ended up happening was this, this, is, this is one group of people who was being engaged and reached. Uh, as we planned. And then uh, they had children. They had two groups of children. They had the, the bourgeoisie generation. This was their icons. Amen. Amen. This was their icons, you know. But then they had some cousins and some, and, and some stepbrothers and sisters. And this is, they, this is who they are. That's the black power generation, right? So you, so, you, so you had them and you had them, right? But then across the railroad tracks, they had a group of, another group of people called the hippie generation. Now, they don't remember much from the 60s for some strange reason. I don't know why. Maybe it was a memory-wiping program from UFOs. I don't know. <laughs> but, but, but the black bourgeoisie, the, 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 the hippie generation, and, the, and, and, and them, they had children. This is their children. This is their icons, the hip-hop generation. You feel me? Now, then, 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 then all of a sudden, here come the millennial generation. This is their icons. Y'all know I'm telling the truth. And then we got this multi-ethnic generation besides the hip-hop generation and the ethnic generation, right? And then you got Gen Z. This is their icons, right? So, so why is all of this important to talk about icons? Because we have to know what's influencing people who we're reaching. Are y'all tracking with me? Some of y'all say, who is that one right there? I don't, I don't know who they are. I ain't going to look at you. Somebody said, who is that? Somebody said, the devil is a liar. I hear y'all in there. Somebody. Man, I'm supposed to do the sermon, man. Y'all can't hear me laughing. <laughs> oh, God, y'all are crazy. Uh, church folk, I, you got to love church folk. And so our white brothers and sisters, they break, break things down a little differently, but this is connected to it. So you see that between the different years, you see, uh, 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 you know, the boom of Gen X, you see the millennial, you see how the, the breakdown of it. Shout out to the media team, right? So, so, so we, got this, we got this broken down like this, right? So, so, so now, what does it look like? What, what are their values? This is very, very important. 
And that's why churches have to assess what, who we're trying to reach. And as you assess who you're trying to reach, you look at their generation, and then you look at the goal of that generation, but then you look at the values of that generation. And our city has become all of this except for the top one. Our neighbor, Philadelphia is no longer a city of neighborhoods. It's now a regional city. And if you're going to engage Philadelphia, you can't treat it like a parish. Back in the 50s, um, it was the largest textile industry in the country. Everybody went to school in their neighborhood. They shopped in their neighborhood. You know what I'm saying? And they worked in their neighborhood. That's why so many empty factories. It's not like that anymore. You got people going to school. You got people working for Merck out in, out in the county. You know, they're working for pharmaceuticals. You got people working in a hospital culture here. So many different things. And so people, are not, people from the north, North Philly is moving. They're pushing them to the northeast. While around here is being quasi-gentrified, part of our neighborhood. Oh, wait, I can't, I'm getting ahead of myself. But we're in an interesting location because most churches would move. Most churches would move. But I think we're in a very key spot to continue to reach people. Are y'all tracking with me today? And so, so this is very, very important. So, so, so we have to assess. Somebody say assess. And so, and so, and so as we assess, we see uh, different things. So, so, so one of the things that's funny is the civil rights generation, they, they value retirement and pension. Uh, the bourgeoisie generation uh, value rest and retreat. Uh, um, a black power generation valued equality and separation and ethnic identity, power to the people. Hippie generation wanted freedom from establishment uh, 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 and one with creation. But the black power generation, the hippie generation realized they was broke, so they joined the bourgeoisie generation <laughs> because they wasn't making money. Power to the people and oneness with creation and hugging trees wasn't working. <laughs> so they went and got them a job. Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> yeah. Right, and so, and, so, and so why do we plant this church? This is very important because 75% of our church is now new people. Do y'all hear me? Y'all took off my, y'all mask. I ain't know none of y'all but 25% of y'all. Y'all, we grew with all masks. I'm thinking I'm talking to the same person. Y'all got the same hairstyle, haircut. You take off your mask. I'm saying, who is that? Right, and so, and so, so I was like, so we went through a lot of transient transition. Right? During 2020, 2021, and 2022, which is fine. But then we regrew 75% of our people. Uh, 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 and then people only come to church once or twice a month. So we have such a new church, I have to reintroduce the entire vision and mission of the church back to the church like we're starting over again to a certain extent. We have to be aware of this. So why Epiphany? Why do we call this Epiphany Fellowship? Epiphany is from the Greek word that means epiphane. It points to, 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 to show forth, to, uh, to appear, to become visible, and to clearly show. And so it comes from Titus. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all men, instructing us to deny, unga to, uh, to deny ungodliness and worldly desires, to, be, to live sensibly, righteously, and godly in this present age. Right? And so where's the word epiphany? Appearing. Right? And appearing. We look back to his appearing, his first epiphany, and we look forward to his second advent when he returns. But in the middle of that, we live righteously, and, and we live sensibly, righteously, and godly in this present age. We're functioning in the dash right now. 
So, so we're, because we're in the dash, this is how we got to walk as prophetic representatives of Jesus Christ, right? And so now, what we see now is who do, who do we, who, who we want to reach, right? Now, this is what we had back in the day. Now, if you don't know Epiphany Fellowship well, the, the people, we didn't reach this group. We reached from 18 to 23. If you were here, I, 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 people in their 40s felt like they were grandparents when they first came to Epiphany. Because we ain't have nary a 30-year-old. And so we, 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 we didn't stress it. Now that I, actually we didn't realize it, but God had already deepened our nets already. Because in this season, we got them and some more. Now we got some, they shaking their heads. I ain't going to look at y'all. We, we, <laughs> we got 50-year-olds. We got 60-year-olds. Now we got 70-year-olds in this in this thing. You feel me? Some of y'all been here so long, you say, I'm glad I'm not alone no more, Pastor. You know, it was just me and three other people, and we was we were just praying for a miracle with all these young people running around here. Now they're talking about they bring some older men in here now. Uh-huh. I ain't gonna look at none of y'all right now. I'm just gonna look at the, the sound room. They said, the Lord don't work that. Now, upgrade, Lord. Come on. We need your spirit in this place, God, right? Different ethnicities within our group. I don't know if you knew. Epiphany was 40% white back in the day. Then we started preaching on race and justice, and it was over. They chucked the deuces. Now, now we're not dogging. We're just saying the reality will happen, right? But then, there was, but then it wasn't just that. It was just a lot of people transitioning because we've probably been through 4,000 people. Through just the transiency, not anger, just the transiency of Philadelphia, right? And so, and so, and so, and so, and so, and so, so we want, we want to engage and challenge and work on these things, but also minister to multi-classes in this group. So what are our core values? Y'all still with me? Our core convictions. These are our convictions. Showing off the glory of Christ in every area of life through Christ-centeredness, commitment, community, conversions, and culturally relevant ministry. Okay? And so we talk about this. These are what we value, Christ-centeredness. Because Jesus has created everything, somebody say everything, with a purpose, we must submit all of our lives to be rigged around and motivated by his desired ends. Bible says all things were made for him. That's a purpose clause. That means that if he made, if everything was made for him, everything was made with a purpose. And so it's our design to connect to his eternal purposes. Are y'all tracking with me? But not only that, we, we, we value commitment. Somebody say committed. Listen, in verse 42 and 47, it uses the word devoted. They were devoted to teaching and they were devoted to each other. Ha, beautiful. Valuing everyone being vested in building the Lord's church. Somebody say everyone. Or oh, say it again. One more again. That means we cannot let 10% of the people do 100% of the ministry. And the giving, and the serving, and the outreach, and the, that, that, that we can't function like that. Now, the reason why that's important, family, is listen, because this is very important. Because people, people, people like, all right, you got me. I'm back to church now. You said come back. But coming back wasn't just attendance. Attendance. 
There's expansion that we need to do, but we can't expand. What happens is you have the attender or the person that comes, and, and they're wanting services and things to be done that they're not investing in. And so it's like we can't do anything else unless other people help with the other else being done. Right? So we need commitment. Somebody say commitment. Like, do you want to be in a relationship where you're doing all the work and the other person just sitting back? Ooh. I want you to think about that in relation to God's kingdom. Amen. Next, community. Working together by the power of the Holy Spirit to create a place of love and rich connection. That's super important. But all of us play a role with that. Most of us want to receive that, but we play a role in that. Next. Next. Conversions, preaching and practicing the whole gospel to develop whole people. This is so important. Preaching and practicing the gospel to develop whole people, right? It says, because the Lord was adding to their number daily those who were being saved. And so this is super important for us to work through and for us to have as a communal value. So as we look at our vision and what God has called us to do, culturally relevant ministry, sons of, uh, sons of Issachar were men and women who knew the times and what Israel ought to do, connecting God's truth to real life to change lives. That's what the relevant means that if relevant ain't that, it's not this. So what did we focus on last year? This is very important. Y'all still tracking with me? Last year, we focused on simplicity, faithfulness, edification, and equipping. That was a big deal for us. Um, and, and the reason why we, we focused particularly on simplicity is because we didn't know who the church was no more. So as people try, we called every single person in 2020 that was a part of the church. Called them, asked what you need, help some people where, where needed, engage where needed, because everybody's out. 2021, we, we, we had some glitches with, you know, getting used to, everybody was, getting used to what in the world is this thing going to look like? We still in the pandemic? Are we not in the pandemic? What is it like? And then some people just disappeared off the face of the earth, which grieves you as a shepherd because you want to make sure every, every sheep is accounted for in God's flock. And so, and so, and so we, we, we've worked hard to, to, to do that. So we simplified everything, shut down some stuff in order to focus on making our, simpl, our, our ministry simplicity, simplistic. Why? Because it would, based on uh, 2 Corinthians 11, 1, 2, and 3, that helps us to have devotion to Christ when you have simplicity. But it also gives you mobility to make necessary changes without it feeling painful. Right? And so, 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 so we wanted faithfulness. We wanted to be consistent in the midst of adversity. But we also wanted to edify, build people up, but we also wanted to equip. So, so what did we get done in that time in doing this? These are some of the things that we got done. We reopened. We created different means of reconnecting. That's what we did. So we had all types of ways to make, we, we got on the rooftops and we went out in the park. We did so many different things to say, hey, let's reconnect with one another, right? But not only that, we started to equip you because I was like, we got to equip people because what I wanted us to do, we're, we're, we're going to have groups, but I wanted to take a time as we uh, a, a, a transition from the use of our life groups as a way to help our people to have biblical education. Because I didn't just want us to be in groups going over sermons. I wanted us also to get deep in God's word. 
And so now we're not going to dismiss that. We're going to re-add a group component. We'll talk about that in a minute. But I wanted us to really dig deep into being uh, strengthened uh, so that we can have an, uh, 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 an, an engaging exchange in God's word, which I'm excited about Equip You. We celebrated 16 years of ministry, which was really exciting, last September. And as we celebrated that, we launched Epiph Academy, our after-school program, which has been amazing, right? And we've been able to serve youth in the community. I saw, I came, they weren't open the other day because they, they shut down. These kids were on the front step. Pastor Mason, let us in the building. And so he's like, I, so one of our workers live across the street. She was like, she's like, um, we shut down today. Them little boys was mad as all get out, which let me know how impactful the program has been for people in our neighborhood. Amen, somebody. So I told you we're not forgetting about our neighborhood. We reopened Camp Hope, which was connected to our summer program. <laughs> and so we're going to be talking about what it's going to mean to upgrade these. Because what I want to do is I don't just want, the, again, my, our team has been doing a great job. What I want to do is I want us to invest more deeply into them. We'll talk about that soon. And then we expanded and grew the boxing league. And so out of all of that, we probably were ministering to 350 youth from our community. Okay? And so this is very important for us as we have been working and God has been working through us diligently. <laughs> these are some of the things that we got back into last year. Not only that, so what do we visualize? That's what I want y'all to really look at. Are y'all looking? I want y'all to look, look at this. All right? This will be visualizing. This is what we're dreaming about. Sticky partners. We want sticky people. Somebody say, I'm sticky. Tell the truth, though. Train the devil. All right, now, we want sticky people, right? When I say sticky people, we want people that are vested in their commitment to the local community. This doesn't mean everything in life is about church, but we do need sticky people. Uh, 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 and so that means because we have dealt with transients, we need people to say, I'm vested here and I'm here. And, and, and we're going to ride together because we got a lot of ministry to do. You're going to see in a second. We want to see also in your lives healthy, comprehensive growth. We want to see every area of your life growing, every area of your life getting healthy. That's what we visualize. We also visualize people wanting to gather, like just wanting to be together, right? I, I know that we act like Sunday don't mean nothing, but it means a lot. I can't tell you how many times Sunday has got me through some stuff. I like the song by Tri-City uh, Tri Singers where when Sunday comes, my troubles go. See, y'all don't know nothing about that because y'all listening to other kind of music. But listen... <laughs> Right? That's that old, you know, we won't do choir music no more. I know we, we you know, we, we got the repetition stuff now, but you know, look, you need some of that. But, but people wanting to, wanting to gather, right? But also people who want to share and show their faith. We got to get to a point now where you have to be, begin leveraging your life so that you can start sharing your faith with others and you're not being ashamed of the gospel, right? But also, this, this is a big one right here. People not running from communal challenges. That means when something difficult happens in the church, we need you there too. Yes. Or if you get rebuked, you run because you don't want to deal with it because you view it as trauma versus development. It's real quiet on that one. All right, I'm going to go to the next one. A community of radical generosity. We, 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 we ask for offering one time, and we believe it's, it's it, remember, based on our messages, it's first worship to God, 
And it's also, second, spiritually forming for you, but it's also investing in God's church, and it's also engaging the world. So our generosity, our giving does that. And so we want to we see radical generosity in our community as we do what God has called us to do, right? So, 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 so what, what else do we visualize? The lives of those in our ministry become irresistible influences where we live and dwell, Solid and relevant Bible teaching being applied to the lives of disciples on a grassroots level, equipping the saints to engage culture. So important for you to not just understand that we're not just trying to get you to a building, but we're trying to equip you to be in the world to reflect God's glory, to bring people to his name. A restoration of confidence in the church. We live in a time where there's very little confidence in the church. And, and, And we have to transform that through our application of our lives, living a life that reflects God's heart in the world. So that, so, that, so that means we have to dive into our community engagement. That means we have to speak out on issues that, that have problems with it. And we also should proclaim Jesus where we go. But people also being clear on their purpose in the world and your personal purpose. So we're not against personal purpose. So we want you to be clear. What's my purpose in the world? Well, what has God called me to do specifically, and how do, I, how do I get to that and get to my sweet spot? Somebody say sweet spot. We want every, oh, come on, y'all, sweet spot. Oh, Lord, help me today in Jesus. I only had one person over here say it, right? And so, so, so I want, we, 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 we want our, our deal to work on you getting to your sweet spot in your life, both your spiritual gifting and your practical talent, both are important, right? And so we're going to be working through that, right? So, so, so these are things we visualize. This is what we visualize. And so, who do we want to reach? Now, this is very, very important, right? Because you saw what we had earlier. But one of the things that I want us to really focus on is the de-churched. We're in a season where it's highly, highly de-churched. Now, most people would say unchurched, but most people don't realize a lot of people that are de-churched are unchurched. De-churched means I went to church. doesn't necessarily mean I was a believer. But it can also mean you were a believer, but you either just walked away, got tired of it, had an issue with the church, and now you're gone. God has actually, for years, for over a decade, given us a grace to minister to the de-churched. But we kind of ignored that. And one of the things you got to learn to do, you could be trying to do something, and God is like, I, 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 I love what you're trying to do, but that's not what I've actually given you to do. What we're learning <clears throat> is that Epiphany is a church of de-churched people. Almost every last one of y'all in this room are de-churched people. They came from somewhere else where you was tired of it. If I, I hear, it, listen, that's the story of my life as pastor of Epiphany Fellowship and going to discover Epiphany and Covenant Community. You come over here and you say, I say, how did you find out about Epiphany? Well, my old, let me just tell you right now, Pastor. My old, and I say, whoa, 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 You about to tell me. I said, we got to be in another place. We don't want to be in front of everybody. I was at such and such a church with the pastor, such and such and such, and they such and such and such, and I, and I left for 10 years from the church, and I couldn't, and I'm just like, okay, I'm just listening to your story, and I want to hear that story. But, 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 but why am I saying all of that? Because, because we need to, this, is, this goes back to what we were talking about, that whole confidence of people being killed on the person, but also a restoration of confidence in the church. And so what God has helped us to do is be a part of that. Do y'all agree with that? And so, to me, we're not perfect.
That doesn't mean we're not perfect at all, but what it does mean, what it does mean um, in, 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 in this reality is that we're going to be playing a role in, in, in creating not just de-church, but re-church. Why does re-church mean? Because church is a part of your spiritual life. It's not simple. Most people say, I can do, I can be with Christ without the church. That's not even a biblical idea. It's not, it's, not, it's impossible to be the church without what makes the church the church, which is people, which is body parts. In other words, you're not the church by yourself because how can a body part be the whole body? Just simple Bible. People say, I am the church. No, you're not. You're, you're a piece of it. And in order for your wholeness to happen, you got to come right in here with the rest of us crazy people <laughs> so that God can help all of us to stop being as crazy as we were. Listen, we're a mess in process to being less messy. But if you run from the mess, you'll still be a mess. And we will too. So therefore, let's get rechurched together. Most of economic classes, we many times have focused on our neighborhood in a way where I would say it's been, it's been good, but we've ran through that now because people don't remain here as often. And we'll see that now because nobody moves here to stay here. Name a person that's dreaming to live in 19121. No, I'm not trying to make, a, make fun of it. I'm, 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 I'm serious. People come here either as college students or because of transition. A young lady that we were serving, that, that we'd serve at Duckery, a Hispanic young boy was killed right there on 16th, or 17th Street. Kids we were working with for the after-school program was around when the shot shooting happened when the young kid got shot. His mother said she had moved temporarily to North Philly so that they can get on their feet because they could afford it to move to a better environment. But before that could happen, he got shot and killed. So you see, most people that come around here, come around here for temporary reasons. We'll see that in a minute. And we want to engage men. We're going to talk about this in a second. But, but, but we want to engage men more by ministering to their core cultural concerns. We used to be 50% men. We're actually growing. If you come to the second service, um, it, 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 it's actually growing again. Because we got into the point where the women was like, hey, pastor, hey. Hey, what's going on? We, and we're not just reaching men to get husbands. Somebody said, bring some husbands. No, 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 that's not, what, that's not the goal. Make disciples. And out of disciple making, come a husband, maybe. You understand? Somebody say, amen, amen, amen. Praise Jesus, pastor, and all his biblical excellence, right? <laughs> so connection strategy. So if you see here, if you see here, are y'all still tracking with me? I'm almost done. This is the nerdy stuff. Can y'all hear the nerdy stuff on one Sunday? All right, for one Sunday. I'm just trying to get y'all some clarity. Don't y'all want to know where we going, what we doing, right? This is how you know. So look, so if you look at, I had Sarah, bless her name. She has COVID right now. Pray for our office manager. But she, I, I, I tasked her to, to get us some statistics on the neighborhood. And when you look at our neighborhood and you look at us serving the transients, uh, uh, they, they, listen, our neighborhood is 36.3% transient. Now, that doesn't mean anything to you, but, but you don't realize, this doesn't even include the pandemic. So, so with this level of transiency, this is three times the transiency of the entire city of Philadelphia. Which means our neighborhood 
A third of the people move constantly, over a third. Well, this is very, very important for us. And see, this is the cities. This is the city's double, rather. And so this is the city level. It's actually not double, it's actually almost triple. But, but this is the city's transiency. This is our, one, this is our zip code's transiency. So every May, one third of our neighborhood is gone. Every May. So when we used to reach college students, we had like two, 300 college students back in the day. And when, listen, our church would look like a half of a ghost town in three, for three months a year. And so, so, so I got some of my OGs in here. They still remember, right? And so, and so with this in mind, we can't build our church on a transient population. Do y'all understand that? That doesn't say we don't love people. It's just you can't build a missionary entity that helps edify and build if you only have people for 24 months. You got a minister, but you have to have a core that's able to be the launching path for that. Are y'all tracking with me right now? And so when we look at this, this is very important information for us to work through and to think through as we're doing this. So what are, what are our connection strategies? We're serving a transient neighborhood, so getting back to blitzing and connecting events. We'll talk about that in a few weeks. We're going to invest more in our after-school program and summer programs. Why are we saying this? This means we haven't given up on our neighborhood, right? So, so, so there are people here that are going to constantly need our help, but all of our outreach can't be built around neighborhood outreaches because it's only going to last for a while while they're here. It's very important, right? Next. So ministry multiplication, what, what if we're in our building season. We should be in our dividend years right now. Dividend years is when you're building off of the years that you've had before, and now you're able to expand and explore. We have to go back to our early days in some sense where we're in the building season. Somebody say building season. So what we got to do is we have to have ministry multiplication. We have, to, we have to develop servant leaders and ministers. We'll be talking about that in licensing people for ministry, not just eldership and deaconing. We'll talk about that. We have to have DNA development. That means that 75% of the new people that's here have to get the DNA of Epiphany Fellowship. That, that's very important, which we believe is biblical DNA. Clear pathways to people being able to connect. Not only that, clear pathways for serving. We have to expand our facility. We're, uh, uh, one of the things that we're at is last week, this, this service was larger. Last, every week, the second service is standing room only. So we're not going, we're trying not to go to three services. We're trying to get some of the people from the second service to come to this service so we can balance out until we can get the facility expanded. Because we got to get the first floor done for overflow. We want to redo this to get it expanded back to stadium seating so we at least have some more space here somewhere. Amen. All right? Because we want people to be able to sit down and enjoy gatherings. Don't you want that to happen? Are y'all still with me, y'all? But not only that, inviting people to Christ for church, change, and charge. What I mean, church, inviting them. I ain't ashamed. If you're ashamed of Epiphany Fellowship, don't invite them. But if, you, if, 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 but if you're not, tell them, come on with you. We used to have people bring rows of people with them back in the day. From there, change. We want people to change, though, and then we want them charged to do what God called them to do in the world. That, that's, that's what we want. And lastly, and I'm done, spreading our arms to the region and abroad. This is very, very important. <clears throat> we still do global ministry, so we're not stopping that. We invest money into Africa still to the ministries and church plants that we've planted there and other church plants in the nation that we've invested in. 
However, this is what we're talking about. We're unapologetically investing in our worship experience. So that means we upgrading our worship experience on Sunday. We've never done that. We've always given money away. We've given over $1.5 million away globally, and probably more than that. And so, but we've never invested in us strongly as well because we've always been giving away money. Okay? Are y'all tracking with me? So I'm, under, I'm unapologetically want us to turn up in singing, worship, technology, all that. So I, I, I ain't mad at it because guess what? This is, this is how you broaden the net of your regional reach. I'm by myself. Investing deeply in the children's ministry because we love children, but also because we got a lot of them. People just keep having babies. Jesus Christ in heaven. And I love it. We got like 20 pregnant women just around here, just walking. How you doing, Pastor Mason? Just walking around the church. We love it, right? Um, nothing wrong with it. But we gotta, that means we got to invest in our children's ministry and expand it and help uh, come alongside our children's ministry so that children have great memories in church. That's so important. Because memory, memory is the most important thing for a person coming through church. What you remember is what you connect to. And if you got a bad memory, it's over, right? So we want to invest in, that's, that's our theme for them, creating good memories for them. But then also, that's why people make a decision on church, worship gathering and children's ministry. Y'all know I ain't lying. I ain't told no, not one lie, right? And so, but targeting the D church, maturing our outreach, what do I mean? So now our outreach can't just be for neighborhood kids. Our outreach has to grow up. Okay? So now we got to work on financial planning and wealth building. Uh-oh. Y'all quiet. Y'all should have shouted right there. Need, because our outreach, now we need to, this is how you attract men too. You teach people financial literacy, annuity planning. Oh, the men in the suits coming now. Look at y'all. Oh, teach business development. Teach, teach, teach people how to rehab homes. Multiple streams of income. Teach a class called the side hustle. Come on, y'all. I'm waiting to the second service, man. Y'all playing around with the gospel this morning, right? And so this, this is really a big, this is simple. This is not a lot. It, it, does this feel like a lot? Very simple. Very simple. And I want you to have everybody to have a copy of this. I want you to be able to look at it. Put your hands on the screen. Pray over it. Some of y'all old school, y'all gonna print them all out. You put them on the wall. I love it. Write stuff on it. Go over the scriptures in it. But I really want us as a church to have a clear picture of where we are, where we've been, and where we're going, and work the plan. The Bible says, whatever you do, do it all your might. That's what the Bible teaches, so I'm done. But I really want us to be clear in this season and, as we, and, and remember all we're doing is we're not changing our ministry. We're just putting it on another side of the boat. And we're taking it deeper. Amen? Amen. Father God, we thank you today for clarity, purpose, and vision. And Lord God, you have been wonderful to us beyond our comprehension. You've been wonderful beyond comprehension. You've been gracious beyond comprehension. So God, today as we seek to even go deeper and break barriers, we're looking at breaking massive barriers, Lord God. Holistic barriers, Lord God. For your namesake, 
for your, for your kingdom and for your word. God, will you direct us and guide us? I pray that if anyone in here doesn't know Jesus, that they know he's the reason why we talked about victory earlier, to know him as Savior and to transform us from the inside out. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus, we have one of our elders in the lobby for you to be willing to talk to you about what it means to go from spiritual death to spiritual life, to connect with God. My prayer right now is for you and I, to, to, to you all, to be very, very clear on, man, I want to I wanna deepen my level of commitment. And commitment, when I talk about commitment, I'm not talking about working you to death. If you just do one thing, if you say, I'm going to do one thing to serve God's kingdom through the church, I'll just do one thing, it would, it, it, it would take us to another level in glorifying God in the world. Hello, this is Dr. Eric Mason, founder and pastor of Epiphany Fellowship. Thank you for tuning in today. Hopefully the word of God was a blessing to you. Also, if you want to help us build the kingdom from Philly and beyond, particularly in inner cities, partner with us today. And if you don't know Jesus as Savior, based on his death, burial, and resurrection, place your confidence in him and go from spiritual death to spiritual life. Tune in next time so we can see you go from spiritual emphasis.